Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after lodge banter. We get an account now. Welcome to episode 243 of the After Lodge podcast. This is After Lodge Harlan, living in Groundhog Day, where I've been carrying out the exact series of actions day after day for uh, 20. What, what, what? I don't even know what quarantine day this is now. 28, I think. Ah, joined as always by my partner in crime, worshipless producer Bruce. Good evening, Harlan. Does that does the does the reliving of the days just mean you're doing something wrong? I don't know what it means. I I've kind of just given up. This is hell. Oh, okay. But, uh, that's where I am. Awesome. You could do a lot worse for yourself. Uh, I could. I could actually. Um, I, I figure that my. Uh, my place in hell is based on my mediocre criminal lifestyle, and uh, I'm just glad I wasn't a badder dude. I, I would say your place in hell is secured by that JD, but, you know, I'm I'm jaded. Aha, yeah, well, everybody's got to I'm jaded. That's John over here. <laughs> it is, Sir John. Sir John, it is April the 15th. Have you filed your taxes today? Absolutely not. I did. I did. Because we have to go through a proper uh, CPA now, and because everything's kind of closed, we're riding the extension out till July or June or whatever it is. The, oh no, the... no, my CPA handled it um, all remotely and through the mail and whatnot, and uh, he really cut it kind of close. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, fortunately, everything got extended, but you know, what if it hadn't? I gotta say, there's a there's a CPA on my route, and while uh, milk has declined pretty much across the board, their business is booming. Oh, I'll bet, but I, I still find it funny that the libertarian was all verklempt about paying his taxes before the extension closed out, because <laughs> I would think he'd really wait to the end. Wait a minute, well, government, so you're you telling me I can wait three months to pay you? No, I'd rather pay the government. Shut now. up and take my money. Well, you see, John, I am... Uh... I'm not paying the the fee. I'm just filing the paperwork. Also, I'm not paying taxes this year because uh, President Trump wrote me a check to pay my taxes with. So, so you're just paying double next year. Speaking of President Trump, Scotty from the block is here. <laughs> what is the hell? Oh, that's a rough lead-in. That's uh, that's shameful. First of all, secondly, um, why is that but- shameful? Are you ashamed of our president? Is he is he hashtag not your president, Scotty? Uh, no, I'm gonna cash that check all the way to the bank. American <laughs> jerk. Uh, no, you know, and Harlan, you know, if you're reliving the same thing every day, that's just because they changed something in the Matrix. It could be. Um, there's a lot of oddness happening. Like, but, like, like. But for too instance, bad for Bruce. It wasn't the president. 
For instance, uh, Passover uh, being canceled due to a plague. <laughs> that that irony is amazing to me. But it's okay because I still have the uh, the parv dessert of all time. My wife made Rice Krispie treats with Reese's peanut butter pieces in it. Damn. And uh, yeah, it is it is as good as it sounds. Hmm. That looks phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you can have some, but, you know, social distancing and all that. So you uh, can mail it to me. Leave it on the porch. I'll come get it. Bruce knows a guy. Right. Mm, Maybe. Um, I'm certain there'll be plenty left and I'll I'll get right on that. You know, homemade rice krispies (laughs) are the only way I get rice krispies because being severely lactose intolerant, you have to make them from home and do them right. Yep. These were made from home. My daughter and son and wife made them. Um, and then I had to stir things because they turned into like concrete. I I never made Rice Krispie treats before. Um, yeah, they'll stiffen up quick. It's kind of intense. Like the that retaining wall issue I've been complaining about for a while now. I think I've found the solution for. <laughs> <laughs> it's so delicious, but I'm I'm hoping it softens up once it's on my inside. Otherwise, it's going to be a long weekend. And hard. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, I am also uh, celebrating the evening with my uh, my wannabe T.O. Lodge's canon since our festive board was canceled. So, drinking out of that. And I wanted to share this atrocity. See, this here is my, my bottle of Lot 40 that Ask Producer Marshall got me as a gift. And you will note that... Uh, that it's like a quarter full and I've only had a a couple glasses out of it. So I discovered that my wife has been drinking my delicious, delicious whiskey, which would be fine. If she was, if she was, you know, enjoying it and not pouring it into Arnold Palmer's. Mm. (laughs) But is it getting you more, um, adult? Quiet. Quiet. Yes. More definitely more quiet. And she's definitely not standing on the other side of the camera giving me <laughs> looks right now. Trust me, um, there's a reason why I listen, bought I a I don't punch. I, I, say, I think I, I have your wife by a good foot, and I'm still kind of scared of her, so Look, you gotta yeah. do whatever it takes, man. You know, once you're married long enough and you're living yeah, together it's long whatever enough. Whatever it takes, but all it would take in this case is one of those like ten dollar gallons of southern comfort. Like that's that's the stuff you pour in Arnold Palmer's, not which are, which are probably taste better than Arnold Palmer, I'd have to imagine. Certain sacrifices must be made, Harlan, and I think in that pursuit, it is truly a laudable one. No, <laughs> you just haven't had the right whiskey yet. How's that one song go? Rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey. Mm. I don't I don't know it, but I like it already. Whiskey makes my lady feel a little frisky. I'm, speaking of ass producer Marshall, I'm very happy because that, that like that, that's got to be a country song. It oh, sure you think you, you, sure you better believe that? Probably <laughs> and then my dog ran away. Right, with my wife. I say, ass producer Marshall offered to uh, send me in about a, in a month or so a a box labeled as essential oils from his home because oh, he's sending you some of his uh, his essential yeah. distillations. 
Yes, because we were talking about that online for the last couple of weeks, and then I finally got my head out of my arse and looked at the uh, state statute in Minnesota because <laughs> I was getting plans and everything for Marshall to consider building my own still because uh, I needed to distill my own water for my CPAP because once everybody starts hoarding anything, if it has water on it, they take it, including all the distilled shit that I need. So I was going to make a still until I realized in Minnesota, they don't screw around with that. <laughs> no, nor do they here, but. I Isn't there you... a provision for that right now, though? So, yeah, it's kind of a gray area. Um, more gray here than it is in, in John's neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, they really I'm only. just saying hand sanitizer yeah. has a lot of alcohol in it. It's true. And it's clear. It's, it's like same texture. So you're saying in a pinch, lick my hands. I'm saying in a pinch, put a label on it that says hand sanitizer. Can't even do that up here. You can't distill shit up here without a at least a six grand a license. license. Well, that was, that, that was more advice for Marshall, but um, yes. Yeah, well, so, Marshall, I think Marshall's got to kind of figure it out. From my understanding here, you can do it so long as you're not selling it. If you're just for yeah. personal consumption. So, that's the practical reality. Technically, it's not quite that clear, but that's how it shakes out here is nobody's going to mess with you unless you're distributing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in Minnesota, it's like Minnesota, I think, like in Florida, if I remember it, you can have a still if it's a decorative item. Yeah. Um, Minnesota says you can't even, I mean, it explicitly says you can't even do that. No. If you have a an assembled stilling rig you're you're done. That's yeah. So that's there's a, hold on. So there's no group. legal way to distill water. Oh well, yeah, you can get a license. Yeah. Eh, I mean, obviously. Or you can, or you can do the. You can get like a a water distilling, like like a breath, or a, yeah, like a basically a Brita or a, one of those oh, okay. type of devices. Off must get the king's approval. enough for a cup or something. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't distill it by by heating, condensation, and such. Yeah, heating, cooling that that kind of distillation will get you. Um, it used to be here having still equipment was basically the same as uh, having a meth lab when the cops found it. And uh, <laughs> I mean that's true. My uh, I thought they were equally likely to blow up. So my great great grandfather was uh, a moonshiner here. Yeah. Uh, that's my, my great aunt. She, uh, when she passed away, um, when we were clearing out her house, we were finding money just like stashed everywhere. She didn't even know where this money was because my mom took care of all of her finances and she would have told her where this stuff was, but we were finding stuff like taped underneath couches in the vents up in the attic, just like all kinds of money. And, um, there was like notes with some of the money saying where the still was buried. And, um, I want to say there's a um, Bob's Auto that's like on the uh, corner down in the bad part of town that it the still is actually buried under where they built that. <laughs> so the, they would have never found it. That's problematic. This yeah. is uh, fitting since I'm buried deep. I only recently because I. Uh, have streaming background TV all the time now. Cause what, what else am I going to 
do. There's no office noise. Uh, I've finally been watching uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Better <laughs> Call Saul, which are things I'm way, way behind on. Yeah, Breaking Bad first, then Better Call Saul. Well, yeah. I did it in the opposite order because I watched Better Call Saul because Netflix said to. I had no idea that that was a spinoff of Breaking Bad until really? like season three. And I was like, wait a minute. Spin-off so and then prequel. I had to watch Breaking Bad. Um, nonetheless, I am a fan of uh, the character of Saul Good, man. Um, Saul I'm, Good? I'm a big fan. He's... Uh, He's everything I dreamed of being when I went to law school. Yeah, so you, might, no, I, I feel yeah you don't need a criminal lawyer in that kind of trade. You need a criminal who's a lawyer. lawyer. I legitimately Didn't have he? one of his advertisements on a t-shirt. It's hilarious. Embezzlement, murder, and murder's <laughs> on there twice. <laughs> yeah, like I feel obligated now to finally watch Breaking Bad with my current hairstyle, so... You you should, uh, except in his case, it's because of lung cancer. But um, right. well, it works. As I take the big hit from the vape pen. Uh, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> You're damn right. Yeah. No spoilers, though, guys. But yeah, you're in for a ride, man. Oh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm on. I just started uh, season three today, so uh, that's when Saul starts taking an active role in the show, and it all suddenly became better. Well, and his so you... his his PI, like the PI guy, uh, Herman Trout, like that dude. That dude's like, like I guess Clint Eastwood by another character. Yeah, you'll see. <laughs> by the end of the show, he's like the best character. He's he's the best character now, but I think it's because I watched the prequel with better call Saul first. And so that was like the whole development of Herman trout. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude's just, he's just a badass. Like, so yeah. I was sold on that show and this is like in the first season. So everyone here's seen it now, right? Of the, Johnny, uh, Johnny hasn't. Have you? No, better call. I haven't seen any of those. No, I'm talking about breaking bad. Nope. So I, well, I've seen like the first two episodes. I th- it happens in like like the first six. I, I don't really remember. It's been a while, but there's a scene in there where um, the drug dealer tries to call his bluff, but he's essentially holding the trump card. Do you remember that? Um, he's like, "This isn't crystal meth." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "No way!" Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, all right, I'm going to watch this show. I'll be quiet. I'll never think of my high school chemistry teacher the same way again. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good. But yeah, I've, I've, I guess I, I thought I was like the only person uh, on the face of the earth who hadn't seen it yet. So I'm trying to fix that. Nope. Oh, look, we have uh, somebody in the, in the YouTube chats. Oh, no, I better get in uh, there. This would be uh, our friend, the king of no, no pants. pants. Yes, sir. <laughs> Chucky. Wonder how he got the link. John. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I shared it with the IRCs. <laughs> so I had a I have a little bit of show fodder, though, if uh, from actual Masonic. 
uh, stuff. If y'all want to hear about it, I got a phone call yesterday. Is is yeah. there that kind of stuff happening right now anywhere? Um, a little bit. They're still planning for events coming up. Let's hear it. So, um, yesterday having dinner with the family and, uh, I get a phone call and I've been working from home and I work on insurance claims. So I was worried that it was like an insurance company trying to call me at like seven o'clock at night, leave a voicemail or something. And so I let it go use like the Google screener. Turns out it's the registrar of the Scottish Rite calling me locally. Yep. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name drop. And I, I'm like, why? at first I was like, why the hell is he calling me? And I found out why. Uh, they were advertising for a bourbon tasting that they were doing at the Scottish Rite. And I asked them, I said, hey, how do you get around the Grand Lodge rule of no alcohol at Masonic events? Well, is it because you're an appendant body? Is that why? No. And someone thought I was being... Uh, aggressive or uh, combative with it when really I was like, is that the magic bullet? <laughs> Can I know your secret? Right, right. So he calls me and he goes, uh, I understand you had a question about our uh, our bourbon tasting. And I go, oh, well, yeah. Um, and I explained my whole background about the prohibition Freemasonry and the bull crap that I caught from the older guys. And he, look, he he's real quiet for a moment. He goes, that's one of those third rail issues, isn't it? If you touch it, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, well, yeah. And I said, well, wh- what are you guys doing to get around it? And essentially, he's saying that, like, we do, it outside in do a what? Tent. We do it outside in a tent. That's, he didn't say that. He said, it was, I didn't know that part. But see, we could, at my at my lodge, we do a car show. We could easily do all that outside in a tent. Yep. Easy. Um, so, but I'm fairly certain that we would get in trouble for it. And I told him, I said, the only reason why that there's these lodges that aren't willing to try uh, to have alcohol at Masonic fundraisers or charity events or whatever at their lodge halls or on the grounds is because everyone's afraid their charter is going to get arrested. And, um, Hey, and Harlan, he, he knows, you know him. Yes. I know that particular registrar very well. I spoke, I, I name dropped you and, you did uh, what now? yeah, yeah. I said, I said, no, he didn't. He, I said, I said, oh, you're at the Scottish Rite, so you must know Harlan. And he goes, I know Harlan very well. And I said, yeah, we've had a few conversations about this very issue, um, and we've we've discussed it. Uh, he was really nice about it, and honestly, at first, I was kind of like a little nervous. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, you done tripped the fuzz radar, so now our bourbon tasting is going to get canceled. Thanks, Scotty. Now Man. they're all going to be spooked, and we're we're going to be burning stuff and shredding papers. And but the thing is, uh, is that I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to go on without a hitch, so long as the pandemic doesn't get it canceled. And then um, I really think that the Scottish Rite, and this is just my opinion, is going to be the foot in the door for us to be able to have alcohol at our lodge functions again. You know, this is like the third year we've done this bourbon tasting. Oh, I know. Give it a few more years, man. I mean, really, because the first couple of years when you do things like our car show, for example, 
they didn't make much money. They didn't do very like as well as they would. Um, about the fourth or fifth years when we really started making money on our car show. So like, I'm really interested and I hope that the bourbon tasting goes off without a hitch and I hope it's very successful. And I hope that, um, when someone stands up and says, what's, what's alcohol doing anywhere near my Freemasonry, they're told to shut up and don't go. Um, and you know, I really think a hands off, um, sort of, um, government when it comes to the uh with the grand lodge involvement needs to happen um with with both uh you know blue lodges and for the appendant bodies when it comes to not having alcohol like of course i also don't want alcohol and i told him this i don't want alcohol at the before the meeting or during but after on the ground somewhere else outside of the lodge room he he agreed completely he's like yeah why the hell are we going he even brought up Talking about how uh, they, uh, oh crap, I said the name. You did. You did it that. That's okay. Carry on. Move on. My bad. Uh, he brought up that lodge. Uh, he brought up that lodge is trying to, trying to get on over there at that Scottish Rite and use the, um, use that lodge hall there. And, um, damn it, at least I'm self aware about it. Um, but yeah, he's, he said that you guys tried to come over and use the lodge hall that's in the Scottish Rite building and got into a little bit of a, a conundrum there with having the um, festive boards. Is, yep. Was that part of it? Uh, we Well, there were other issues, but that was that was one of the big ones was not being able to do our festive boards there. Yeah. Well, my thing is I think people are going to come and spend more money if, if there's a beer tent. Um, and essentially that's what, um, this, this guy told me too. He's like, look, people aren't going to come to a charity event and then drink Sprite and Coke. It's just not going to happen. Nope. Um, our, uh, our big fairs that we always talk about taking up half the show every year. That's, that's where we make all our money. Allegedly yeah. is. Yeah. With your social um, club. And he mentioned, he said, yeah. well, your social club can do whatever they need to do to, uh, to, to be your essential middleman with the lodge itself. And, and I mean, I know that in this state, a lot of social clubs were created or, or even um, board of trustees were created that just in case that the lodge folds, Grand Lodge doesn't get the money. Well, we've already proven that that's not true. Grand Lodge gets the money. Uh, well, what, what that situation gets you is options. Right. Grand Lodge well, doesn't have to get the money, but you don't have to stay a Mason either. But at least you have a choice. The other way, you you, you don't have a choice. Well, well, yeah. Well, my point is, is that like they were used as like uh, lifeboats for the the lodge um, funds. So I say that our that I need to get more active in because see, my lodge now has two social clubs. We got one that does a pancake breakfast and gives away a scholarship, and the other one meets at the Almond Grotto and drinks. That's all they do. I mean, they have parties and whatnot, but they meet on a freaking Wednesday. That's, that's the way to do it. I can't. Bruce, why don't we have two social clubs? Why didn't you fix this when you were master? Because the first one has to be solid before we can start a second one. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, is don't give me excuses. You got an answer for everything, don't you? I think <laughs> an answer for everything. I think that around here, that <laughs> I'm sorry, to, I killed your joke. Because I think around here, what we're gonna need is a murder and treason only club. Essentially, it's one of those clubs where, like, look, man, we're gonna, probably gonna be breaking a couple of rules here. So you mean like after Lodge, when everyone who's not uh, not cool is gone and. Somebody cracks open the jar of their special essential oils and nobody's the wiser. Look, being a licensed massage therapist, the essential oils are very essential to the therapeutic process. Yeah, the oil is quite essential. It very much <laughs> is. But Oh, yeah, uh, I haven't seen your friend in a while, Scotty, because, you know. They're shut down. Yeah, I know. I know. Which is also why I'm wearing a man bun almost. I'm, That's why I'm wearing my hat. I tried to uh, I tried to pull off a man bun for the show tonight. It's not quite there yet. Um, it's still in the Pebbles Flintstone stage, but uh, give me another couple weeks and I'll. It's pretty wiry. It's getting yeah. loose. I'll I'll be I'd, here. I'd like to thank the Dollar Shave Club for my recent haircut. <laughs> <laughs> they're not well, even plug, they're not even like sponsoring us. Don't 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 plug that. I'm, there's a there lady might. that. The lady that takes care of my hair would break my fingers if I uh, messed with her her work, so I just have to wait. And also, it gives me an excuse to see Scotty's uh, Scotty's other friend who does my uh, my licensed massage therapy with essential oils and stuff. Does she use the stones or no? There Don't. there are stones involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know she does a good. Oh. Uh, she actually, she actually does a good therapeutic massage. She's, she's good at what she does. Yep. Also, um, is your wife still in yep. earshot? Uh, she's probably tuned in at the moment. But say what you got to say, because like, uh, as far as dog houses go, uh, I'm sleeping in this chair tonight. So, carry on. In all honesty, she's she's very sweet girl, and she does very good work. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. What? Hmm. I'm out of here. <laughs> Just gonna keep drinking. Yeah, that's problematic. I saw good, man. Turn your law. If your wife has a problem with with uh with my friend working on you, you know, I can always come over for a fee. So most of the problem is them having the same name, and that was mm. suspect to begin with, and then eh, it was all eh. downhill from there. That's true. Yeah, but then she saw how much money I was spending at the other massage place, and at the end of the day, money talks. So That's true. Scott, if Harlan throws in an extra 50 when you go over there, will you let him call you that name while you're oh, there? For an extra 50? Just, just uh, so there's no confusion? I think that'll be all right. Okay, all right. It's agreed. <laughs> I mean, it's there's nothing in the ethics board and it's on record for um for massage therapy in the state that uh, has any rules against uh, different names. As so long as I'm comfortable with it and you're comfortable with it. <laughs> Sky, you're a little too clean cut for my taste. Let's let's get that other name back in here. Which one? Any of them. I like to call you Magic Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, man. Like, the bug with the rub. 
I was in massage therapy school when I met my wife. Um, I, I like to think that's a good way that I tricked her into marrying me. She was like, oh, I'm going to get massages every day. I was like, huh? Yeah. For the first week. <laughs> I mean, to be yeah, honest, but- if she's got an injury I, or is hurting, I, I help her. But like, yeah. damn, it's work I do. Well, and that's why your friend helps with my injuries. Wait, what are you? How do you? How do you? How do you, mas- how do you uh, have any injuries? What does she massage your brain? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, John, you were saying something, but the internet lagged out. Yeah. Oh, me. I was just, you know, how how do you massage your bruised will to live? Mm, that was a better well, one. It starts. Uh, Starts around the knees. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turned his camera off. <sighs> it works, works up through the uh, through the hip flexors, and uh, yeah, warm tingly feeling. No joke though, my shoulder's been jacked up. Like I've been sitting at my computer desk, this very computer desk, working accounts, and like I catch myself looking at the screen like this and putting my weight on my left side the whole time, and I'm just jacking my shoulder up. It, it's not good. So yeah, I've got the same thing, but I've got a flat spot in my forehead because I found out that my glass desk doesn't have as much give as my poly <laughs> desk at work, so I get a lot more feedback when I bang my head. Oh, I thought when you fell asleep. Scott, well, don't you sit at, either or? Don't you sit at work? I mean, don't you have like a chair routine there? Do you sit on like a bouncy ball and you get up and flex your calves every seven minutes no. and do toe touches every half an hour, or whatever? No, but like mm, not anymore. So when I'm at the office or court or whatever, like I like it's a quote desk job, but looking back at it now i spend like 10 percent of my time sitting at my desk and the rest of the time is chasing people down running to this appointment it's not that a desk job is a desk job well yeah well, my, but i have a I'm desk really job is. now like because everyone's working remotely even the judges and such and so i i literally sit in this chair from morning till night and he's not kidding with the like that takes a toll on you i'm uh that that's what brought up the whole conversation about the massage therapist was like I, I really need to get back. I have I have royally messed myself up by sitting in this chair for yeah. too many hours. And and Bruce, really to answer your question, I did do a whole lot of stretches, push ups and whatnot when I was training for the, the police stuff. Uh at work. I was going to like the break room and doing all that, but man, I, I can tell you the exact date that I worked out last and it was like June the last time I did the physical agility test is when the last time I actually worked out, worked out. That's that's not what I meant, Scott. I meant like you were complaining about sitting in that chair for so long. I'm saying like you have a way to deal with that at work. Clearly, why don't you just do that here? Oh, because I, I had been going to a chiropractor for like a year now. Um, and the chiropractor so you closed. Don't have a way of dealing with it at work. You just suffer through it. Hey, well, I, guys, str- you- I mean, I stretch a little bit, you know, this way here and. Did you guys know that that chiropractors are are like actual like real credentialed medical doctors? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I they learned are. that uh, I learned that recently from a brother who happens to be a chiropractor, and I made a very insulting comment 
and which uh, totally is totally wrong. Serious? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, and then oh, I yeah. and then he was like, Harlan, I'm a, I'm a doctor, and I was like, uh, uh well, wait, is he, yeah, a, no, is, he a, is he a DC? Did you, did you or say MD? that? DC. Okay, he, it's a doctorate. So the thing is, is that like there are oh, two I different thought... types. Hold on, hold on. Let me give you let me give you my perspective because I have worked in the field. He's a doctor the way someone who has a doctorate in English is a doctor. No, 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 no. So there's so they actually have to go to like a medical school. They have to learn how to do certain things. Um, now the where where you guys are getting it a little bit confused is is that there are good chiropractors and there's ambulance chasers. Right. So there's <laughs> there's there's people. Hold on. There's people. There's that, Matlock and there's Saul Goodman. So there's people. They're, they're the they're, attorneys of medical practice. There's only Saul Harlan. Let's be there. Hold on, hold on. It's kind of like, and 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 to put it like in a martial arts thing, you've got your mixed martial artist types that are that do practical work, and then you've got the no touch, touch not, knockout guys that think that that chiropractic will solve your irritable bowel syndrome. It'll solve your. Um, I, I had one trying to convince me that good chiropractic chiropractic would uh, alleviate my tinnitus. Your tinnitus? Your what? Yeah. I no, saved no. that for my acupuncturist. I yeah. saved that for my liquor. Yeah. So the thing is, is that like oh all the. How do you all, y'all are like young? How do you have so many pains? Blown up. <laughs> not you. <laughs> I'm no offense, but you're not no, as young no, no. as these other two. Yeah, I'm coming down to kids. Yeah, not doing physical young. work every day, and I don't have as much pain as they do. Mine comes I ain't as young as I once was, Bruce. Yeah. Mine comes down to like bad posture, bad uh, body position, and I'm had a very sedentary job. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. I've always had bad shoulders, even when I was at the gym doing a shoulder press. Like my shoulders will click. You've heard me click my shoulders, haven't you? When we worked out, you make a lot of clicks, Scott. That's, that's <laughs> like, like a lot of your parts <laughs> click. Like, like that's, that's I'm not trying to be insulting. <laughs> and, well, I know and, you're not, and not into place. Usually out of place, probably. Yeah, that, well, that's Scotty. I don't have any like pain issues. I'm just fishing for meds and happy endings. Like that's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's well, currently at least yourself aware. Like it's ten. It's ten plus years uh, martial arts getting beat up on and that sort of thing too. I did boxing too. It it, it does wear on you. Um, but no, getting back to what I was saying about the car, Jesse. He's rough. Jesse's very. You worked with Jesse too, didn't you? For like two days. And it, and you were bruised and sore, weren't you? I mean, yeah. He was my partner working I didn't out. Need for- that spleen. <laughs> he was. He was my. He was my uh, training partner for like five years. So if that gives you an idea, but, um, but no, with chiropractors, look, you got, you got some chiropractors that actually have practical methods of helping your body get its posture back and allowing your body to heal. And then you've got another one that, and you got another one that the other ones that think that chiropractic is magic and it's really not, you're just, you're just helping the body get out of its own way. My chiropractor is awesome. He's helped me with a VA five ways from Sunday. So I can't say anything bad about yeah. <laughs> properly 
training and licensed chiropractors. And the one yeah. that, and the one that Harlan's talking about too is a really good one. He actually uh, insurance companies. I've had a com- long conversation with him about this. Insurance companies try and call him a specialist, and he'll get on the phone with them and argue with them and say like, "Look," and this is his words: "Look, you're putting me in the same category as a brain surgeon. I appreciate the thought, but no." I'm a I'm a primary care. I'm a Yeah. I, I think we missed the bigger point of this story, which is that once again I completely insulted a brother. <laughs> this is not way. the first time. Like, like a very well respected and well loved brother in our area. Yeah. Um and, and and I I've done that before. Um <laughs> it's it's kind of a theme with me. Every time he yeah. talks to me, no I'm playing. And then the more I tried to backpedal, the the deeper I dug the hole because that's that's how that works. And right, it's another I mean, one we, of those occasions. We, we could just ask the PHA guys. The PHA guys love me, <laughs> but they love only, me because, only because they weren't there for that. No, they love me because I own who I am. Like I I don't uh, I don't go down with the like my best friend is black and whatever stories. I'm just like yeah, I'm like a squirrely white dude from the mountains and I'm racist as. You guys want to hang out? And then, like, yeah. like I said, you're self-aware and people appreciate that. They do. They do actually. Um, and then like, then the jokes are actually funny. Like, cause there's no pretense being held up on either end. And so it, it, it just works out. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said about political incorrectness that brings people closer together. That's all I've gotten all my friends. <laughs> And you know what's fun is, is to turn the, the racism coin on its head. I get way more clients calling from the jailhouse from the regular Grand Lodge than Prince Hall could ever produce for me. <laughs> um, which is to say that all of those guys have taken my card and are really happy to have it. None of them have called me. I can't tell you how many calls I get <laughs> from guys in the regular Grand Lodge. So... Uh, if you're listening out there, brothers, and you've been turning up the shot glass, call an Uber. <laughs> yeah. This has been your public service announcement. I kind of feel like this is that scene. And from if the you movie don't want to call an Liar. Uber, you'll be calling me later, which inevitably they do. A scene from Liar <laughs> Liar. Where he knocked over an ATM this time at night. What should he do? Stop, Stop breaking, breaking the law! <laughs> Uh, Not that anybody should be out drinking right now, anyway. So let's just not out <laughs> drinking, home drinking. Yes. Like Why would you need an Uber, Scott? Drinking your house. Oh, right. You don't need an Uber. And also, <laughs> head slapped your son a few more times. You wouldn't have to call me for him either. <laughs> which, which, in fairness, my fraternal referrals are usually like guys' kids. It's very rarely like an actual member of the craft. So, mm. um. But apparently our children get into no end of trouble. Like, like, Look, Arlen, wow. if I ever brought up on Masonic Not my charges, child. I Not need you to defend me. Where we were, right? I, Isn't that why we joined? We can discuss that, Scotty, no. but I may not. So Masonic kangaroo trials are much more about... Uh, <laughs> they're much more about who likes who and who doesn't like who. Well, I, I need you to like me enough to get enough people to like well, me my, enough. My point is, depending on who's on <laughs> the panel, like who's on the jury, you don't you don't want me because those guys may not like me, and then it doesn't go well for you. 
because our our jurisprudence system is um is the most robust thing ever fraternally developed uh and you haven't been to too many grand lodges but if, if you can fathom this for a second there are some some masons in our state who don't like arlen yeah, actually. I've only gone to one Grand Lodge, uh, and I just don't know many other Masons that are lawyers. Really, our our Grand Master last year was a was a good attorney. Um, uh, <laughs> was he really last yeah. year? I didn't I didn't know him very well. Yeah, the Flower Man was uh, yeah very well respected lawyer. Uh, also, one of our grand junior warden candidates is an attorney um, from last year. I don't know who's running this year. What? I don't even know that we're going to have Grand Lodge. It may be canceled because of of outbreaks and pandemics, and we'll just we just get- we just did ours virtually through. Uh, oh Christ! Whatever the platform everybody's and, using. And y'all, this ain't this ain't going away. So so pandemics are like the new the new terrorists in nine eleven. Like that we're we're past the nine eleven era. And now every time we want to raid the treasury or do mass surveillance or whatever other unconstitutional bullshit the government wants to roll out, it's going to be pandemic. What about the next pandemic? Did you forget about the Corona pandemic? We need this because viruses. And it's like way more effective than terrorism was. I don't know why we didn't start with this one and why we had to go through all that hoopla. So, Well, let me ask you this, Harlan. This ain't going away. This is going to be what you hear about for the next 10 years at least. Would you would you be for the shutting down of wet food markets? Of of what? Wet food markets. Wet food markets. What, what does that even mean? So in Wuhan, they have one of the largest wet food markets. Wuhan, China. They have one of the largest ones where they basically they sell uh, bat meat, chickens, dog, everything that you can think of. And they slaughter them right there on the street. And all that that stuff just like the chickens are here on top the bats are here and then whatever else is down here and they're all shitting and pissing on each other and as they're being slaughtered all that blood and shit piss and everything else goes out into the street and that and you 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 asked that question scotty like you guys have those but that's where that's where the coronavirus came from and spread from so from China and Wuhan, and now it's here. What is your question, Scott? Yeah. Well, I asked it already. Would you be for shutting? Are you for shutting down these wet food markets? Where Harlan, do you have the ability to shut down a market in China? I, I, I'm not a fan of shutting down any markets unless they involve force or coercion. I, I caveat emptor, man. Like, well, hold on. Well, no, hold on. Well, with the with the libertarian, well, hold I'm okay on. With, with the libertarian, for the the emptor having the caveat. But if I'm living next to the emptor, I don't want to catch his. I was going to say the, the emptor is worldwide, and like no, it's, at the point at I which am it not affects the maybe, emptor this market. It, right. The caveat is not a thing anymore. The the liber the libertarian mindset is basically, in a nutshell, is that you can do basically whatever you want, so long as you're not hurting anybody else in the process. If if the swine flu and this novel coronavirus both came out of wet food markets from China, would it be advisable to shut down wet food markets so this doesn't happen again? You're already you're already doing it. 
Like this no. is that same sort of thing that happened after <laughs> 9/11 where if you weren't in fan of a fan of mass people surveillance you go into all these speculative questions about her. are you okay with terrorists blowing up women and children? No, literally. No, I'm not okay with that, but I'm also not okay with whatever shit you're rolling out. <laughs> literally, those markets do not exist in the United States or, or even in okay. surrounding countries. For, it's just markets you know, of animals and blood and poop. That's all it is, Harlan. There's nothing constructive there. They don't sell anything. They're like it's the pollution crapping on each other. And spray blood everywhere. Are you yeah, for or against it, Harlan? Take a stand. Y'all they remember s- the pollution factories on Captain Planet back in the day? Like, oh, I'm yeah. definitely against Captain pollution. Planet, he's a hero. Gonna, gonna take, take pollution, pollution down to zero. Yes. <laughs> My point is, is that if you don't, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to get over Bruce's. The if you don't, image I put. Hold on, I'm posting Captain Planet right shopping. now. The image that Bruce put in my head about that shopping market, I'm like, yeah, I want three fried chickens and that sack of shit right down below. <laughs> so if you ever Which see... Ones, do you want the shit that's comprised from four different animals, or do we sell them individually for more? No, I like that distilled, which I can't do in my state. I want the blood pie, but I want like the in squirrels in it from like the different animals. Everything's illegal in China. Coincidentally, everything's also illegal in China. Yes. We're... So... These wet food markets are oh a bit different than a standard market that you're thinking of. There's, there's you no mean right. It's not like Whole Foods. It's not like Whole Foods. What? It's literally they're open air markets. Open air markets where they slaughter animals out in the open, and all this mess goes out into the street. If you look at any of the pictures of China where they're cleaning up after the pandemic, they're steaming the concrete. It's because it was covered in blood, shit, and piss of animals that are just diseased. Can you hey, hey Scott, can you can you stop? Can you say poop, please? Seriously. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Like like you you don't have to say poop, but stop saying that word because once or twice a show is okay. You've said it like 20 times. <laughs> Scat is the... Uh, that's, fine. that's fine. I'll accept that. All right. Easy. <laughs> Hello. So Animal waste. Right. So in general, like I agree with you, shutting down a market just because a virus isn't um, going to be a plausible thing. But if you have something that is repeatedly... Um, affecting the world on this sort of a scale, um, there there has to be something done about yes. the, those markets. What well, do you do about it, Harlan? So the thing is, when something you're a superpower, you get to dump your waste products and issues on the rest of the world. The United States has been doing it for 80 years. China's, you know, kind of doing the same thing. Who's going to tell them they can't? They're China. Right, like they don't even listen to us. Why would you want your anybody? you want your whiz bangs for Amazon, Scotty? You want your whiz bangs? No. <laughs> yes, he does. My whiz bangs. Whatever crap it is that you buy that comes from China, like they can do whatever they want because we like having whiz bangs. Which is how the United States treated the rest of the world for like the past eighty years. And now we get to live in this world where we can be impacted by another country's decisions and they ain't shh, right. scat. We Anything? can do about it. 
<laughs> yes. Right. And, and and it's an untenable position to be in, but uh, maybe speaking of credence to speaking of whiz bang, people are ordering more whiz bangs right now than ever. Which oh, is blowing my mind because all I see on Facebook is how they're like, I don't want any of the stuff that comes from China. Meanwhile, every day I go into work, there's 200 other things that came from China. Well, it didn't come from China, Bruce. It came from Amazon. Right. No, 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 no. I'm not Amazon even talking about that stuff. I'm talking about Wish and other stuff that comes directly from China that has Chinese on the label with their address. Yeah, he, wait, that people, was people that order from Wish are people that don't want to go to the casino and yet gamble at the same time. I mean, it's it's cheaper gambling. It's fun. It's fun. You get something out of it. Those Chinese packages were drop shipped from a good old fashioned American entrepreneur. Okay, they own a Shopify business and everything. No, the the return address is an address in China. Well, yeah, I run a Shopify business, not a warehouse. Send that stuff back. And for the record, I have no problem with doing commerce with China. I mean, I'm a very like. I've, I've practiced martial arts for 10 plus years for crying out loud. I've got a strong respect for to do with anything. It, well, Harlan had mentioned everybody talking about not wanting shit from China. And my position before had been more conservative and I didn't want to be looped in with the people that are crazy about where shit's coming from. My whole thing is, is if there's a pandemic coming from something that someone's doing, that thing needs to stop. That, that that was Bruce that said that. I, I love buying things from China. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but Scott, Scott's defense about for, for not wanting to buy things from China is that he did martial arts for ten years. I didn't First say I all, didn't want to buy things from China. The martial art he did is Japanese. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's I've done. Well, what? What? was Korean. It was what? <sighs> I've done several different styles. <laughs> you know what I mean, Scott. I know what you mean, but what I, I, so, to... I so want to back you up, Scotty, but I don't want the crossfire. See, I hear you. And, and and what I'm trying to say is, is that I've got no issue with buying stuff from China. I'm I just hope talking because you can't buy anything American made anymore. That was a, that was a weird route to say all that, to just say that you could have just said that you just want to shut down the, the markets where they're, where they're doing the blood and poop animal thing. Right. Right. Your cultural insensitivity is, uh... mm. yeah. In some cultures, like child brides, but I'm not wet for that market. either. By the way, it's got wet market. You means know, it's fine because we buy lots of oil from those cultures, and uh, everybody's enjoying their cheap gas right about now. Dude, filled up my tank for nineteen dollars today. Yeah, I and, uh, I, I found out that my newly acquired car apparently gas. has a voluminous gas tank. Which I was not prepared for. I'm glad that premium was only a buck fifty where I'm at, and it still cost me fifty bucks to fill that thing. Yes, I drive a Honda Jesus. now, so I don't notice gas prices anymore. Yeah, oh. I I got that old car off my nephew, and apparently that thing's got a gas tank on it that'll let it you know cross a desert. So I noticed. I noticed that uh, stimulus checks hit because when I went over to the Kroger uh, right next door, there's a Best Buy over there, and they're doing curbside pickup. <laughs> there's a line. There is. A, there was a line. Oh, into the street, people into the street. Sorry. Yeah. So I uh, I often use this argument with uh, Lodge brothers who spend a little too much time watching Mark's videos on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> nipples. 
And it's this illustration about we talk about wealth inequality and all this nonsense. That, I mean, it's not completely nonsense. But anyway, if you were to somehow reset the clock and take all the money in the United States and divide it up equally among every voting or not just every resident of the United States. Legal. Everybody had an equal share of this massive wealth pile tomorrow. You fast forward the clock five years and you're going to have a handful of billionaires, a bunch of like, okay, folks, and a yep. swarm of broke ass people. Yep. See, I just said 20, that's but that sounds, yeah, that sounds a little more accurate. And, and so people getting their stimulus checks are not going to like suddenly become fiscally responsible because it's a pandemic and the government gave them money. Like it's, it's just, it's yep. the same there's so a reason why that when poor people, poorer people, when they win the lottery, they don't stay rich. There's a very good reason for it. Easy come, easy go. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, generally speaking, there are some people that actually take it, invest it, and they do the right things. Sure, but yeah, no. If generally speaking, when people uh, above the po- below the poverty line that get to win the lottery, they end up not dying with that money. Well, I mean, so they're doing something a little better than the other group because the whole point of money is not to die with it. Like, what, what was that about? Like, it didn't do you any good then? Well, you know what I mean. At the, the you know. Yeah, I, I know they, they die broke, but that's kind of my goal. Like, the whole thing is trying to time this just right so that I can put my kids through college and whatever and then die with just enough money to bury my ass and not a penny more. Like if I could time it out that way, that's that's how you do it. Well, wouldn't you want to leave your kids and family some money? No, Scott, have you been listening at all? Did you <laughs> miss the paying for college part? Like, oh, I mean, that's an investment in them. I guess Scott, kids. Scott, we have to point out first he's an attorney, so the whole you know moral guide points are a little fuzzy. That's fair. Ah, everybody's got jokes, John. You call me when you go out Friday, right? <laughs> God, listen also, to me. Don't I'm go picking out up right. all mannerisms. I gotta stop watching the show. <laughs> I slam attorneys, but all my friends are attorneys. It just kills me. They're either attorneys or ex-cops or normal people. You have any that are both? What attorneys and ex-cops? Yeah, because I know a few uh, ex-cops who became attorneys, a few attorneys who became cops. There's a whole bunch of like things going on here in my town. I have met one guy that was an attorney who became a cop. I don't know. He's an uh, acquaintance of a friend of mine, works on his department. Um, I don't know a lot of cops that became attorneys because that's not exactly an easy bridge to traipse across, despite what you might think. That's true. I, I only know one of those. The other ones were the other way around where – you know, pass the bar and realize that uh, being an attorney is not the path to riches that you were promised. It <laughs> actually kind of sucks. And you go get a good government job uh, being a cop because it pays much more than a public defender. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. So I kind of forgot go. the Fed guys. I know. <laughs> be, so a there's cop, a- be a mailman. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, yeah, the feds. So Stay the FBI you. in particular really likes those JDs. Yeah. Which is why they can't do shit right. But whatever. Uh, when you say that, they also don't throw cases all the time because they get their stuff in order before they go doing the perp walk. And so uh, around here anyway, like, you know, if it's the local police that got you, there's probably some way out. If it was the feds, nah, 
and mainly my, my, my tight DOJ contacts are all with the marshal service and then everything else oh. is Homeland security. So, eh. yeah, no, the, the FBI guys, uh, at least here in town, the ones I work with, which of course are all in the, the cyber divisions. Cause that's, that's what I do. Uh, they, they definitely put their, their, their pieces together first. So they might, they might be on your ass for years before you ever hear anything about it. And when you do, yeah, it's too late. They done buttoned it up. There's, there's no loopholes, no evidentiary issues. Cause you know, they took classes on that in law school. Um, they, they brought it with them to the agency. The agency yes. didn't train well, them that way. I, I don't know. It's a chicken and egg sort of thing. Don't get me uh, wrong. I have nothing against the FBI. Let me put that disclaimer out there before my phones probably case, get tapped more than they already are. I'm boring. I, you know, if the FBI wants to watch me, great. I, I was going to say, they can't, I read they can't books. tap them any more than once, John. I was say, I, I read books and I serve porn. There you go. You're on, you're on one list. You might as well be on them all. <laughs> right. Spe- speaking of which, how's your uh, journey into the priesthood coming? Slowly. Not not nearly as progressively as it sh- frankly should be because I always get sidetracked with something else, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's and my and uh, Monsignor Rosbach, who's been on the show, is uh, I got to have a meeting with him soon to go. Yeah, I don't have my poop in a group, um, mm. but they're very understanding yeah. of that. So thankfully, I'm you know it's I'm still in. I just need to looks like uh, get it going. Looks like. Uh... Nicholas is is watching. He says hello from the IRCs. Everybody say hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Welcome. Which Nick? The, we Nick, miss you, buddy. Your your Nick doesn't know how to IRC, John. No, no, he's a, <laughs> he's a he's a special kind of Nick. The is one whose our- face is not on a candy bar in my uh, bookshelf. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm then hi, Nick. Uh, anyway. Harlan, how was your Passover? Uh, small, um, considering. So we we normally have uh, we normally have Tony and company over at, at some point, and uh, we weren't able to do that. So um, it was it was small, but uh, we copped out and decided to support local business by uh, ordering in the the Seder dinner. Uh, so I had to go pick that up and. Uh, yeah. Worked I'm, out because my wife hates gefilte fish, and this year I got to have it. Um, woohoo! Yeah, that's basically. Uh, Sorry for you and your wife and your kids. Basically, it. Um, <laughs> On the upside, Harlan, from my understanding, anytime Tony comes over for any sort of uh, high holy meal, he a brings over problem. some sort of plague or pestilence or some sort yes. of misfortune that I knew this was all part somehow. Yes, we. It was shortly after my wife sent the invitations to Tony and family <laughs> for Passover that we learned it. that everything's getting closed. <laughs> so maybe I should like read the read the tea leaves and whatnot and, and take the message that's being spray painted <laughs> across the sky. Um but we keep inviting them nonetheless. It, it's a good time. I, I uh it's uh I don't know. I, I usually don't have my own family over, so um, that's the whole backstory. With uh, it, it, that's complicated for the no, no, we, we've heard this. We've heard this story, listeners, and it is long and complex. Yeah. So, um, so when we have family over, it's uh, for for 
Jewish holidays anyway. It, it ends up being uh, ends up being Tony. And uh, he, yeah, to John's point, there's always something bad that happens shortly thereafter or before or whatever. The, the whole story about Pete the Snake, like, crawling up on my leg uh, while I was changing my oil. That was, like, right after Passover last year when Tony left. Mm. Um, uh, what else? There was a... I had a rodent problem that developed here after Hanukkah last year. Um, because you had a, spiders um, in the wall that were taking care of rodents. Yeah, and, and then I killed get rid of the spiders. Or it's because oh, I had... No, which, which, again, is why snake. I will never stay at Harlan's house when I come down to visit. <laughs> My home is now free of wildlife, John. Mm-hmm. As far as I know. You have two children. It will never be free. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have built-in wildlife. I have one myself. I understand. It's, Although, like, it's like having a dog. It will always have at least one flea. I'm and kind I'm, of torn because I... I'm still surprised that I could have hurled a rock off your back porch when I was down there and actually like bagged a doe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of deer around, but Hey, you know, in this uh, whole quarantine shortage, whatever thing, if times get bad enough, you know, there's always Bambi back there. So <laughs> traumatize my children forever, but eh, it's food. Just bleed, bleed out the back door with a handful of corn and a ball peen hammer. Yeah. There you go. Wham. <laughs> yeah, just hang it up there off the deck and uh you know drain it do what you got to do and yeah, you know. just to put the rest of your food under it so i uh yeah i mean I, I had to tell my kids uh the cat lives outside now yesterday so uh i, I gotta figure something else out with the mice but the cat started pissing on the walls in my office trying to send me a message and then, <laughs> Bye-bye. yesterday oh, morning Yesterday morning, she like stares me right in the eye and then starts flipping her tail around and pisses on the wall. And uh, once I got a hold of her, my wife convinced me not to snap its neck. And so I the cat is outside now. Punted that cat across the room. Uh, the cat got punted across the yard and now lives outside. And I am not a cat person. Sad about it, but uh, it is what it well, is. Has well, it been declawed? No. Okay, good. No, I don't do that. That's I mean I hate cats, but I'm I'm not an evil bastard. That's just cruel, Scott. <laughs> I mean some people do that. He, he, he winged a declawed cat outside. Good luck with you, Fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'll torture a cat and kill it, but I won't declaw it. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, you, God. God. And that's how the podcast ended up on the next uh Netflix special of yeah. Don't Talk with Cats. <laughs> no. Carol I believe it's called Tiger King, John. So I'll never financially recover from this. Right. Wife and kids have been uh, sneaking the cat back in at night and sticking it in one of the storage rooms and then letting it back out in the morning. And I just pretend like I don't know because I don't want to feel bad when it gets mauled by coyotes. So I just kind of pretend that I don't notice. Um, whatever. It's a nice system that's working out now. Um but back to the, the pestilence thing, I had this it, whole rodent issue that the cat was handling, and now I don't know what to do. Does it have somewhere house. to stay outside? No, or not wherever. Really, so. I mean, you can build it a little hut or something. <laughs> build a cat house? I mean, it, if, if nothing else, yeah. to, so it'll live there and protect you from mice and stuff. Yeah, you, you put well, up a the really mice big... are on the inside. You put up a really big... How do you, how do you think they get then... there, Harlan? They don't just appear... They come from the outside. They drop in from the mothership. 
I mean, some of them, I guess, just appear. But... I feel like they do just appear because, you know, they're like not here and then get well, a better cat. They're here. Harlan, once you get a boy mouse and a girl mouse in the same confined space, <laughs> they will just appear. It's okay. It, I've been handling And the exterminators came to check the spider traps and one of them had like four dead mice in it. And I was like, oh, that's that that is yeah. a hell of a spider trap. Jesus. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Spiders. They're they're glue traps. They're like these little boxes that have like this crazy ass glue surface on them, and so the mice run through them like and they get stuck just like the spiders. All I can picture is the the, the exterminator Harlan's house picking up a bear trap with like a harvester spider, and they're like, "I got him." <laughs> no, that was the first month. We took care of those spiders. The 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 you know. Half small child size ones are yeah are the giant fiddlebacks, which is why yeah. I will never sleep in your house. So, John, you'll you'll be happy to know I've been clear of of uh, brown recluse spiders for the past six months at least. Um, there's been no signs of them after several fumigations and lots of trapping and chemical treatments. Uh, How do you get that infested? So this house was. Um, much they, like my last house, it built was built on an ancient Indian burial mound. That too. Uh, it was kind of a shithole, but that's how I buy my houses because you know you save money and then you spend that money and then some fixing it. But <laughs> it still seems like a good idea at the time to find right, out you still have like foundational issues or something, and then you're like, well, okay, I was. Yeah, I've got those two. Got oh, those shit. two. But I, I knew about them before I moved in. That was part of what sweetened the deal, so it's fine. But he I had an engineer come the out. And... <laughs> the previous seller did not disclose the brown recluse family in the wall. I believe no, they like they had a responsibility to do that. Uh, they didn't, actually. And uh, I thought about going after him, but uh, my attorney advised me that it, it would be a break-even scenario at best. Um, not only did he know about it, he was sued over the brown recluse issue by his... Whoa! This seriously? Was a, this was a rental before I bought it, so I bought it from the landlord. So not only and he knew about it, but it was a, an actual issue. It was an issue, and he had a tenant who said, I'm not staying in that house, and I'm not paying rent until he does something with those spiders. And so he decided to sue his tenant for rent, and his tenant lawyered up and countersued over this brown recluse thing. And it was like on the local news. It was really a big thing, and he lost and had to – pay the tenant back rent and then, meanwhile harlan where do yeah. i sign <laughs> <laughs> you're, hey, you're going for how much off this was 15 years ago asshole <laughs> hey uh hey hey harlan you know how much i hate cats yeah we'll you a need cat. a cat <laughs> I, I i mean i have a cat it just doesn't live here go anymore. get an inside cat uh don't don't get my my family ideas get <laughs> an cat no. Traps a badger. So he's that's got, the he's got one of those now. That's the problem. That's why I'm so torn. Like this cat was a was a good exterminator. Like this cat was always killing stuff, like all the time. And, and so I I, I kind of liked having her around, but I can't stand for someone looking me in the eye while you piss on my wall. Like it, it's there, there's lines. I've looked you in the eye while peeing in the urinal. Yeah, but that's different. Like you couldn't look anywhere else. We were kind of face to face. It was a whole. <laughs> <area>. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, Zoom lodges. Let's let's talk about that. Let's we talk did about the Grand Lodge. Lodge of Ohio, Bruce. I mean, not the Grand Lodge of Ohio, but uh, can I say a speculative Grand Lodge that. Oh, they're 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 effing up big time. Yeah. Is it not okay for them to do that just to pay bills? What am I missing? Because I remember you guys having this conversation on the Slack channel. The, I the online lodge meetings, specifically over Zoom, which is like the least secure online video service. Yes, I don't know. Harlan knows a lot more about it than I do, but I've heard Zoom is bad. We had a Grand Lodge meeting via Zoom, I, th- I think, at the beginning so of the month. Zoom is... I I don't appreciate all the Zoom hate. Like, honestly, I don't know. Like, Zoom has been doing. Me, Harlan, you're my you're my expert. Doing a, you. a remarkably average job with all this data security stuff. There, there, a lot of the stuff you're seeing is clickbaity. They've had some issues that were discovered because of the sudden massive scale of things. They blew up quick, right? But it's like, it's huge. the same. The same. The major issues people are screaming about Zoom are issues that also exist with every other video conferencing platform. Um, the whole Zoom bombing thing, it's like, oh, if somebody has your meeting ID, they can just drop in on you. Yeah, you can do that with Jitsi or GoToMeeting with anything. or, or, right. or Google. If you don't or, have it. Yeah. Password protection. Um, I mean, yeah. There was the thing about, uh, you know, somebody could post a link to uh, to a, a a certain type of network address and steal your windows credentials. They can also do that in any other platform that has text chat that doesn't specifically filter those kind of links. Like it there, there's not been, there was a big issue when they said they have end to end encryption. Um, and they were playing lawyer semantics about, well, it's encrypted from your end to our end. And then we unencrypt it. Um, that one was kind of a doozy, but but they're fixing it. And uh, I mean, it's video conferencing. Like if you're trying to do something that's super okay. sensitive and important, you probably shouldn't be using a video conference anyway. So I'm on the, I'm on the, it's funny. I'm on the YouTube chat with the King of no pants and Chuck said our, our mutual acquaintance, the fourth um, was in a higher end Masonic meeting. I would assume higher end. Cause he does that. Um, he's the one in a meeting apparently not too a handful of days ago, uh, and the meeting got hacked, and then like, part of it got shown on the BBC. Yep. What do you mean by higher end? He's he's a Grand York right everything. Oh, okay. And he's in a short of a white hat. He's one of the guys that has pretty much every Masonic everything you can get, and he's he deserves it. He's earned it. I mean. Definitely earned it. Um, I can't. I couldn't say a bad word about the guy if you put a gun to my head. I wouldn't. But but if yeah, you paid no, him the right so, amount of money, no, no, no. He's, he, uh, it's it's because of him, uh, and I I should hold it against him. Everybody in the uh, craft in Minnesota learned my college nickname of Circus, and it still follows me around to this day, especially in Masonic meetings. I mean, I can see that. How's your? Uh... How's your 24-7 Jitsi hang up there going, John, since you're like the hostess with the mostest? I basically kind of hung it up and handed it off to the guys uh, in uh, its Corinthian Lodge south of the cities that are doing it. Um, so it's a bunch of their members, and I know a bunch of them. I'm not a member of their lodge, but 
you know, kind of by extension, I, I'm a avid, uh, I don't know, spectator, but they've been, they've been getting on every night about eight, nine o'clock still, even if it's a couple of them just hanging out and shooting the whatever, but a couple nights, it's been a pretty packed jitsi room. Uh, last Friday was a good one where we had at one point we had, I think we had upward of 10 or 12 people there, which isn't too bad on a Friday night. Um, you know, all talking smart and getting sauced online. We're, uh, we're getting ready to break down here this Saturday. And, uh, I just talked to the master today and we're gonna, looks like we're going to be doing a zoom meeting like everyone else. So, uh, the after lodge lodge is gone mainstream. Sadly. Now is that, is that just for like business business or? Well, so it's our state of meeting night and we're going to, uh, we've got a couple of things on the agenda. It's not officially business. Like we're, we're not okay with conducting, like nobody's going to be making motions and, and acting as the lodge, but we are going to uh, talk about uh, what we're going to do with guys who haven't paid their dues yet, being that some of them are out of work and suspension time is rolling up on me. And I don't, I'm not comfortable doing my normal routine at the moment with suspension. So Wanted to chat with the lodge about that, and then we're gonna do a checkup on how everybody's doing. And uh, I was gonna say we've got from, a few other deeper issues. Maybe we need to cover yeah. this week. Who's heard from some of the older guys, and uh, make sure that no one's falling through the cracks, and farm out some phone numbers for people to do some checkups and uh, that that sort of thing. And just I, you know, I suggested that a month ago to my worshipful master, and I ain't heard a thing. Um. I said, hey, if you give me a list of people to call, I'll call, but I can't be the only one calling people. I've handed out some phone numbers to guys who've called and asked, um, like, you know, who can they get a hold of? And uh, so we've had a few guys just doing it of their own volition, but uh, I think we're going to try for Saturday to, uh, and not just the guys that need to be checked up on, but for us to check up on each other. There's been some interesting posts made in our lodge slack channels with guys talking about they're kind of hanging up their aprons and that's uh alarming and maybe we'll address some of that i don't know um but most importantly just getting everybody back in the the swing at least for one night of you know seeing each other because it's been a while yeah so we're going to give it a shot and see what happens. We tried it a couple weeks ago, but by we, I mean me. Like, I tried it, and I didn't tell anybody until, like, 7-something on Saturday night. So, of course, it was just me and Landscaper Josh and Big Jeff. Um, are you are you going to, like, actually open open? Like, oh, no. Okay. No, we're not Ohio. What? what? <laughs> are, is Ohio, like, doing, like, full, like, the I, full I Monty? Supposedly it was supposedly there's no ritual involved. I just uh it's Ohio, so I immediately assume that it's chicanery and has to stop. <laughs> so let me ask y'all's opinion on this real quick. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I was saying because like us well for like Grand Commander now, and it came down from Grand Camet, because we answer them inevitably. We can do meetings like that, but it's for you know, hey, let's get the bills paid. Hey, let's it's it's the uh, you know the the nuances of business meeting, but ritual no, anything like that no, right? 
Well, what I was going to ask was, is that like right now, I, I don't feel like it's even plausible to do any sort of anything outside of just regular old business for a Masonic Lodge online. But I mean, science fiction sometimes becomes science fact. If we end up in like a Ready Player One situation, <laughs> do you, how would you guys feel about that being allowed? I've always wanted to go to Lodge in a hazmat suit, so still not okay with it. No. This whole ritual over the internet thing has never really rang my bell. What I'm talking about is if it's a virtual reality that was so virtual reality, like that Ready Player One movie, that oh, it was like you were actually there, would you be okay with it? Not you sitting at if a desk. If it's virtual, so, it's always going to be vulnerable. So... At that yeah, point, I, mean, I at that point I wouldn't care because there's so many like adult opportunities that that sort of situation presents that I wouldn't be doing anything with Lodge anyway. I mean that's fair, but I'm just saying that like you know if if that I, it's just a hypothetical. That's all. Like, I don't think anybody would be going to Lodge when they could put on a a you know 20 year old surfer body and go hang out with college girls virtually. Why would you be going to Lodge? Also, if you haven't seen Ready Player One. You need to do yourself a favor and watch I, that. I have it. You need to go it. watch that movie. It is really yeah, good. It's worth checking out or read it. The book's really well, good too. Eventually, I'll get finished with uh, Breaking Bad and uh, well, the new season of Better Call Saul just started, so I'll probably have to catch up on that. And then I'll, I'll add it to my list. What's what's it? Ready Player One. Let me add this uh, to my Netflix queue. Right. right. Steven Spielberg. Man, it's yeah. Really so good. It was a it was a big movie and a big book. So the big thing with this pandemic is I've got like 20 years of of television and movies that I've just missed. And so I'm slowly catching up. Well, go watch Westworld first. We just oh, finished well, Raising Dion. I'm only one episode behind on Westworld. That's uh, Where can you, is that HBO streaming or is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although if you want the prior seasons, you may have to do that. I don't know if that's on HBO Go or not. Because, you know, we got a brother involved with the show, and I was already lambasted before we started recording. Uh, that I well, watched yeah, it. they're all on HBO Go. Okay. And if not, you know, we got some inside men. I'm just saying. You can, uh, I'm sure. I'll, if our inside guy can can get Sonata on the show, I will just utterly liquefy myself in the most fanboy way possible. I, I don't uh, I can do all that. Um I don't know. I could ask him. He's he's on the IRC all the time. See, this is the stuff you guys miss out on when you're not hanging out on the IRCs. I we don't need me on IRC. This for brother, some reason we don't need me on Reddit. Brother Godwin, you're oh, on six months to learn how to answer messages on Slack. He he doesn't need to be on IRC. <laughs> but but IRC me? was built in the era. Yeah. IRC oh. was built in a different era for guys like John. I, I guess is so. this like the traditional IRC that I'm thinking of from when I was yes. in college? Yes. Yep. Oh it's god, my brain hurts already. It's still a thing. I it's could probably never stopped it. being a thing. That's 90s. the beauty of it. IRC? It's the same platform now that it was in 1990. Jesus. It's uh it's a beautiful thing. Text wow. only. I wore I, I put on my Luddite spurs and apparently I can take them off and just step right off the runway like I hadn't missed a beat. No, IRC's uh, 
it's still a really big thing in the nerd world. Like uh, all of the open source projects you've ever heard are all built on IRC, basically. Um, Is it really that old? I was thinking it was like mid 90s. Yeah, I think it's more like 90. I think Dalnet was, uh, well, I guess EFNet was the first and it was 93, 94. So yeah, mid 90s. Wow, it was, it must have just been, that's when I got on. Yeah, no, Wikipedia says 88. Shit. Yeah, the the RFC was in '88, but I uh, I think it took a while for it to catch on. Um, mm, it says IRC was created in August '88 to replace a program called MUT. Oh yeah, yes, called Olu Box. I don't know yep. what any of those words are. Yep, yep. I thought the RFC was in the '80s, and nobody implemented it well until the '90s. But I'm I'm. I'm a little lax on my history. Um, I just remember being a kid and getting involved in uh, channel wars and taking over IRC channels and you would spend days doing it. And then there wasn't really a point other than bragging rights. A lot of the beginning of the internet, there wasn't a point to, it was just like, look at this cool thing we can do. Let's just do things until we figure something out. That was the internet. And you were right. Uh, EFNet was August 90. Oh, so I'm a little late. But it, okay, so it was the first like major with, network that people with knew With ANET, AnarchyNet being the first server. Yep. Yeah. Y'all are way more nerdy than me. And I play World of Warcraft for crying out loud. Yes, different, you do. Different, different kind of nerdy, Scott. I'm a... I'm a... I don't know. I guess if we think of it like Inception and there's like levels of nerd, like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've gone too many levels deep. It's, mm-hmm. You're, you're the old deeper. man, you're he the old man, kick. Ken Watanabe kind of nerd, the, the 80 year old in the corner who doesn't realize he's three layers deep. Also in Inception. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. I always that. fall asleep watching that movie. <laughs> I've seen that twice. No, I've seen it once. It's this, I'm not how. even joking. I fall asleep. I are, so, are you saying you've never watched that movie in its entirety, Scott? Yes, I am. That's exactly should, what I'm saying. You should go do that. So computer science is my craft. And so when I nerd out, like that's the thing I nerd out on. Um uh, in other areas I, I don't have any nerd cred at all. Like video games. Um, that that's far better than because you know, when I nerd out I go to Lord of the Rings. So I mean yeah, I'm yeah a, I mean, everybody. I'm a complete archaic nerd. Everybody nerds out on their own thing. Leo Laporte, my uh, my own personal internet celebrity hero, uh, once talked about a nerd is just somebody who has discovered something that he finds more interesting than sex. Um, <laughs> and so it doesn't matter what that something is, but if you have something that's more interesting than sex, you're a nerd. I just I just find Lord of the Rings is more available, accessible, and happens more frequently. God, I yeah, love Neil yeah, no, he's uh, uh, he's so one day because you know he's getting kind of long in the tooth. One day we're gonna lose him, and is he entire, still doing stuff? Shows, oh, dude, and he runs, podcasts, and he runs an entire podcast really? network. He runs I haven't even uh, like heard of that dude in ten years. Probably he runs the Twitch network. Uh, this episode of the After Lodge podcast brought to you by uh, Twitch. he runs Twitch, not Twitch like like the thing Twit T W I T. Twit.tv. Uh, and it's like a whole it's a whole studio of just technology podcasts. Uh, my favorite podcast 
besides this one, of course, ever is uh, Security Now with Steve Gibson and uh, Leo Laporte's network, like, you know, produces that. Leo's on it most of the time. Put it in the Slack channel for your consumption. Um, yeah, no, Leo's never gone anywhere. He's like the, the daddy of the internet. Why would he? Why would he go somewhere? I see, I see you yet. and raised you vent surf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, there used to be a TV network called Tech TV. Oh, yeah. And Leo this, Laporte was this like... This week in tech is what... Twitter. No, no, no. When I was a kid, it was ZD TV. That was after, right after tech. They followed it was before up tech, tech TV. No, really? It was ZD TV, then Tech TV, and then Tech TV G4, and then G4. Oh, yeah. That, yep, yep. Yeah. He was no. Uh-huh. I first was introduced to Leo on a show called The Screensavers. Mm. Which, mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. How I learned most of my computer knowledge. Yep. That show and, was fantastic. And then uh, I got into middle school and got into uh, some like extracurricular. They had that student technology program, whatever it was called. And uh, the source material was all from Leo Laporte's website. And... <clears throat> I guess just at an early age, he became an impressioned figure upon me. And uh, to still hear him being on like the leading edge of what's happening in technology is kind of awesome, especially since I think he's what, like, what is he, 65, something like that? He's, you say he's getting long on the tube, which in technology terms is like 400. Yeah, he's yeah. like, that's that, that makes him the ancient. <laughs> like, like thinking back to Final Fantasy VII, which has finally he's, had its re-release. The Oracle, it's I haven't out. played it yet. Oh, that, it's not even the. Full I haven't game even. I'm called game. the architect. Right. Listen, Before listen. That. The new Final Fantasy or the Final Fantasy VII remake or whatever, it's not the full game. So you're paying no, sixty dollars. Yeah, but I am told that it's so good that it's worth the sixty dollars because it's now an yeah. action RPG. I mean, everybody complained when uh, Final Fantasy Dimensions was a thing because it was episodic and you had to buy it multiple times. I found it completely worth it. I think, I think the the never went down that rabbit hole. I think the the mobile application like like Chinese pricing of ninety nine cent apps has messed with everybody. So when they see something like from Square Enix that's priced at fifteen twenty dollars. And then there's like that's that's outrageous, yeah. And and I'm remembering a time when like a, a cartridge for one of those games would run you fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and that was pre-inflation inflation money. That's like two hundred bucks today. But when you bought Meanwhile, that cartridge, you had the whole that's been game. That's true. right. You buy that ninety nine cent app. It's all microtransactions, and half of them are like a hundred dollars. Yeah. This I'm is like, why I won't do anything that's put up. This. I, I won't buy any games that are put up by EA or Activision again, which nope. narrows my field because that kind of crap. It's like, hey, yeah, buy the game. Oh, by the way, if you want to play these features, you got to get I, these downloads. I, I will no. when Steam has them for 90% off six months after they come out. That's what I do. I'm waiting for Dragon Ball Kakarot for that one. I've been happily purchasing the uh, the Dragon Warrior mobile ports from Square <laughs> Enix uh, for several years now. And, you know, those things are $15, $20 a pop, and I never think twice about buying it. And then my wife is like, what kind of app did you drop 20 bucks on? Like, it's this, like, outrageous thing. And, and I, I guess I hadn't paid enough attention to the app ecosystem has... It's warped people's perception of what good software is worth. 
Because mm. I will happily pay $20 for something that's not full of ads and microtransactions and whatever other shit rather than pay 99 cents and have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll walk into my other room, spool up my traditional Xbox and play, and play Knights of the Old Republic yeah. days on end. Uh, let me ask Let me ask the uh, Final Fantasy VII fans in here real quick. Uh, Bruce and Harling, you both have played it, right? Yeah. Uh, you you could say that significantly. Say that. Okay. <laughs> Did you enjoy Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie? I don't think I ever okay. saw the movie. Harlan? I, I don't think I ever saw a Final Fantasy movie. And, and Bruce? It was okay. I mean, it, like- was, it, it did not add much, but it was an entertaining hour and a half. Uh, the the bomb. I, or- I, I wish they had just called it like. Final Fantasy and then some other name and just made them all different characters. I would have enjoyed it much more. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of uh, fan service with like the little things they did. Like they all had like the red ribbon on their arm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's it was really neat to see the characters in that way. And it, it, it felt to me like they had this cool story and they wanted to tie it into the FF7 universe as much as possible. So they went back from the beginning and they were like, "What are all these little things we can add?" to make this a Final Fantasy VII story, and then that's what they did. Yeah. The, We're just going to throw in some materia and birds you ride on. And, uh, and, and Cloud Strife. Well, yeah, oh. and Cloud with a giant-ass buster sword. and yep, yep. Spiky hair. But what they did with his sword in that movie was cool as hell. Like it was, he could. It wasn't just one big blade. It was like it. It would break down into smaller swords, and eventually he could put them all together, and it would be the one big blade. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe Which I'm didn't make any sense because in the game, like he started, he was a poor kid from the ghetto. Why would he have this ultra expensive sword? Because he was in Soldier, Bruce. They issued it to him. Right. That's my point. That's a that's a regular sword. That's a sword ten million other people have. No, only the elite guys in the soldier unit. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's a thousand other people who have that sword, <laughs> except nobody else had that sword. And, and, and Shinra sword was a million money. times better. But they dude, suck money out of the earth. Dude, like I'm going to buy swords. When they were fighting, uh, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, Bomet, is that how you say it? Or is it, or is it Baphomet there? Baphomet? Baphomet and Bahamut are two different... Anyway. The big dragon. dragon. Yeah, yeah, Bahamut, yeah. Um, The way that Cloud took that down in that movie, that that last bit was... I don't want to spoil it if Harlan's going to watch it, but... I am not. Oh, okay. When Scott doesn't want to spoil this movie that's 20 years old. Right, right, right. By the way, movie only has one Bahamut. The game has three. Yeah, the movie only has one. But listen, when um, the only way for for a cloud to like get up to the dragon is for all of his friends that helped you through uh, companions throughout the first or the the game itself, they're all basically projecting or projecting him up in the air. Again, there, could have been any characters. Didn't have to be those characters. Continue. Okay, but it was still. To me, from playing Final Fantasy VII, it was still like all these years had gone by, and they were all still helping him get to that goal. And then right at the end, he needed that last extra boost, and 
Uh-huh. Eris comes and she grabs him by the hand in a cloud and is like, are you ready? And boom, man, it's so cool. I've been pissed at that game ever since she died. Yeah, so like you can throw Phoenix downs on people and resurrect them all day long. She gets stabbed once, and now she's out. I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was, (laughs) yeah, I was in high school when that started. That game scarred me with that stuff because I spent so much time trying to get like the limit breaks for her up to the right level. You find the ultimate weapons. I never believed she was dead. All the I way until the year. end of the game, yeah. I'm waiting for her to come back in the final cutscene and just no, no, nope. I uh, didn't she? I wasted a year of my life in high school chasing down all these bulletin board system hoaxes where somebody said you could bring her back. She's like the she's. It's a play on General Leo from Final Fantasy VI, and all these things like you can bring Leo back. You hmm. can't. It was never a thing. And she was never coming back, and I couldn't accept that. And then that like really warped my brain. Which she was meant to die, and I get that, and that's awesome, and it made the story beautiful. But I wish the game had just paused for a second and been like, "Hey, she's really dead. Don't try and bring her back. She's not coming back. She had to die for the purpose of the story. So now you're invested in killing the dude with the long sword. She's gone. Let her go." She's not coming back just like your high school girlfriend. Basically. And all of Final Fantasy. Um, now insert disc two. I, I don't think. <laughs> wait. I think it was disc three. Did you just say best villain? Did, did you never meet Kefka? I didn't say best villain. Kefka's the best villain Kefka. in any video game that has ever existed. Wait, for Final Fantasy found which Six one? or Six. three. I never three, played depending Six on or three. Which, yeah, Kefka. Never played Kefka is, is the, uh, the best dude. villain. I got, like the best villain theme song. Okay, like, okay. Everything about him is the best. <laughs> oh, I beat. I beat. Right. His laugh was the best. The games that I've played, the Final Fantasy games that I've played and beat are different. Trust, hear me out. I I beat Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, and I got to the final boss on ten, but gave up. Then my memory card got corrupted, and I gave up so, completely. Okay. Well, so on, 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 on eight. Got, got, hold on. On eight. On eight, I, well, what, I got a, I got a funny story to tell you about eight. I have one sentence to tell you, and that's it. What? Final Fantasy VI is the best video game that's ever been made. Of all time, <laughs> hands down, period. And that's me and no Harlem questions. both saying that. Okay, all right. Well, maybe I'll have to check it out. But here, listen. Eight, I go, I'm over at my buddy's house. I never played eight. And I'm over at his house and just hanging out. And he's like on the final boss. And he's a, he was trying over and over and over again. And I come over and then I go, hey, uh, I watch him a few times and play. So he has to go and take a shit. Oh, I said it again. I'm sorry, Bruce. He had to go to the bathroom. And go poopy. Yeah, he had to poop real bad. And he's been working on this all day. He goes, here, you try. And sure enough, I beat it. With all his stuff, I just beat it. And he comes out and the credits are <laughs> I feel like he was pissed. He was he was like, what 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 the hell? What in the hell? Right. So we actually so, have we have a brother that's we're being streamed live. <laughs> I just I I'm checking the uh YouTube feed. Yeah. Um we're and the quote is we're streaming you live in our lodge while working on projects since we're forcibly dark. So we're what, what so projects? Bunch, I don't know, but there's right. a bunch of Masons working in a lodge somewhere and they have the misfortune of streaming this drivel. 
Oh, yeah, okay. okay well, well if you want to argue with me that any Final Fantasy game is better than 6, I will literally fight you. If you want to say a different video game is better, that's fine. You like different genres, whatever. If hold, you say RPG, is there's any that's better than 6, you're wrong. Hold on. Hold that thought. Okay. We didn't know anybody was watching in our defense. Okay, back to what we were doing. <laughs> um, I mean, so, we didn't, but... So, Bruce, I, I can't argue that Final Fantasy VI is the best RPG of, of all time. I don't I don't know that anybody could argue that. And, and, oh, it's on Steam? And I usually take, like, the, the, I don't know the if underdog client. Reviews. Yeah. Gotta, right now, you need to go. It's on mobile. It's on PSP. It's on Vita's. It's on every platform imaginable. I mean, yeah, this was a Super to, Nintendo game. You so need to play this game. Not like Final Fantasy VI? Yes. yes, you need to play this game. It was called Final Fantasy Three on the Super Nintendo because we that, didn't get American release. It was called that in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I, I if I was ranking them, I would go with six, four, one. No, six, four, seven, one in that order. This sounds but, like the weird order that you should watch <laughs> yeah. the Star Wars. Well, no, it's just the which in. ones I enjoyed more. I was one of those weirdos that really, really, really enjoyed the first Final Fantasy. Yeah, one was good. Um, it 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 did a lot of stuff that RPGs did had not done. Like I very groundbreaking. It, I mean, it, it it wasn't Dragon Warrior, but it was good. No, it was it was better because wow. Dragon Warrior 3 didn't come along. I'm talking about the first years. one. Oh, I know. So Dragon Warrior 3, which, which took those concepts of Final Fantasy and brought them into Dragon Warrior, it came later. Like Final Hold Fantasy. Dragon, the first Dragon Warrior was before the first Final Fantasy. Correct. But Final Fantasy had the elements of the party with the classes and you could replay the game a million times by doing it different ways. That idea didn't get brought into Dragon Warrior until the third one. Okay, but Dragon Warrior had the basics of the genre that it no was game Dungeons had. and Dragons. Hold on, guys. I want to make sure I'm looking. I, because you said it could have been three or six. I want to make sure I got it right. It was three in the U.S. It was six in Japan. But I'm trying to confirm that I'm looking at the correct Steam page. Is it a is it a Super Nintendo game? Is there a guy called Kefka that looks like a clown? Kefka the clown. Hold on. I'm looking. Hold on. Is there an onion knight? I Tara is the main character. T-E-R-R-A. She's got green hair or blue, depending on... You shut your filthy mouth. Shadow was the main character. Tara, the island, something happened. Shadow was, like, not even a tertiary character. Okay. Or Go-Go. I always enjoyed some Go-Go. I think that... (laughs) I think this is the right one. It's like sixteen bucks. It's fifteen ninety nine. Underpriced. I, that I game think should never be sold for less than fifty dollars. But I also realized on here that they have Final Fantasy ten on here, and I never completed it. So I may end up having to pick that up too at some point. So there's a mobile. There's a mobile port of Final Fantasy six, and if you're gonna go into the game for the first time, and you don't have a Super Nintendo, that would be my suggestion. I can't play it on my PC. Well, I mean, you can, but it's a it's an old school RPG, so it really lends itself to doing some grinding on the bus or. Yeah, I mean, as as awesome as that game is, I don't know if going into it having never played it before, if it would if it could still stand up to because all every game 
nowadays has such short attention spans. You can't go five seconds without somebody yelling at you, telling you to do a thing, and people are shooting at you and whatever else. Yeah. It's definitely a little deeper than the later Final Fantasies were as far as like your involvement in in playing the game um you're not kind of clicking through a story like you you have to play it like and and it will oh, let yeah, you change yourself that's slow well i i kind of feel like this is going to be one of those situations to where it holds a special place of nostalgia for you guys that it's nothing's ever going to beat it. It's just like for me in like Dragon Ball Z, like no other anime or car, uh, like cartoon series or whatever is going to be able to come up against that. Even yep. even some of the best I mean, dramas out there, I'm so, going to be like, no, Vegeta's a better character than. So whoever. as far it, so other games beat out Final Fantasy VI in terms of like their their graphics and artistry and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But in terms of video game story and, and and gameplay value and basically everything that's not the sprites on the screen, mm-hmm. I still hold that it's which even it's the, for yeah. even then for Super Nintendo is one of the best looking and sounding Super Nintendo games. Yeah, I mean there were there were some better ones that came out afterwards that were like action games, but like, you can't compare those to Square, Square could take the Final Fantasy three code and put like modern super awesome graphics on top of it and it would be the greatest video game of all time. So you're saying that after this uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake gets done, they should do 6? Maybe. I'm skeptical of the remake. I don't... Th- the latest PlayStation console I ever owned was a PlayStation 1. Um, so I don't have a console to play it on and I'm really torn about running out and, and ordering a PlayStation just so I can play this game or just waiting for the PC version. <laughs> well, the, the final fantasy seven, just uh, PC master race, dude, just wait, just play on the PC. Right. Which is how square intended oh. it when the original was not released on PC for 10 no, years. I, I understand what you, what you're saying. I'm, like it comes, it, you have to, you're, you're saying watch it in widescreen because that's how the director said to do it, right? Essentially, with you're saying do it on a console because that's how the creators wanted you to do it. No, I was just saying no. literally what I said. No, it took way too long for that to happen. Uh, while we're plugging stuff, uh, if you're not interested in buying the remake and you want a modern Final Fantasy VII experience, I highly recommend the Remake-O mod. Um, that's out now. It's free. You got to buy Final Fantasy VII for the PC on uh, just get it from Steam. But there's a mod out now uh, using that whole uh, neural network image upscaling where all of the backgrounds have been upscaled to modern resolutions. And it looks fantastic on a modern flat screen monitor. So it's just the same game with new textures. It, it's the exact same game that's just been retextured, so it doesn't look like a pixel huh. mess. What well, would um, be fun? Mako what? It's the re r e mako m a k o remako mod, uh, and it's a guy who just ran all of the textures through modern upscaling engines, and uh, they look fantastic. Huh. You compare it with some other mods that give you like updated sprites to go on top of those textures, and it's. Uh, it was definitely holding lots of folks over before the remake came out. 
Um, and it's the original game just with updated graphics. Unlike the remake, which I understand has changed a lot of things. A whole lot of things. Which is probably for the best because when you were talking about nostalgia goggles, Final Fantasy VII is definitely one of those nostalgia goggles type games. Uh, Six, however, is not. It was awesome in its own right. Still is. That's not nostalgia. The other ones, that's there's a lot of nostalgia going on. But I also said that about WoW Classic, and people are still playing it. So yeah, barely. It's awesome. Well, I mean that's that, that's the big difference. Like six was one of the last games to come in the Super Nintendo era, and seven was one of the very first games to come in the PS One era. Like that 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 just speaks to the difference in in. Yeah, I don't know the 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 what you can achieve with a platform. I guess Super Nintendo One still stands up today. Final Fantasy just, Seven, not so much. I was just saying I've, I've replayed it's, it's all of the Final Fantasies, and I <clears throat> a lot of them I realize have been colored by nostalgia, as Scotty said. Uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Seven is one of those where, like, I replay it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but. There's a lot of nostalgia making it seem cooler than it was. Final Fantasy VI is one of those games where I pick it up today and it's just as awesome as it was mm-hmm. when I played it the first time. Right. Um, and very few games can carry that kind of thing into my adult life where I still think it's awesome now. So you have to give it a try, Scotty. You you can't. You have to temporarily turn in your nerd card until you've played final fantasy six uh i think i've um i'm a lifetime membership with that nerd card so i don't think anybody's going to be able to revert that in fact i would bet if you googled right now for like top rpgs mm-hmm. any website any website you want anywhere the only other it, one i can think of that even might be number one is chrono trigger chrono trigger yeah that's exactly. it's a it's close it's close that's fair anybody who says something other than those two they're wrong and Chrono Trigger was SNES as well. Yes. It was the golden era of Japanese right. video games. It was, uh, or it was also the golden era of my life. So there's that too. So maybe there's some nostalgia coming. <laughs> there was some something happening. I feel like the 60 year old dude talking about that one Atari game that I've never Mark, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you kids don't know. Our sprites were two-dimensional. Four bits was all you needed for a good game. So, this is going to upset you. I went to PCGamer.com. They have a best RPGs of all time. Okay. And I'm looking for it. If it's I- something recent, don't even say it. Well, no, they don't have them numbered. They just have like the best ones of all time. Okay. And I'm looking for Final Fantasy. The only Did Final Fantasy that's on here, lazy bastards. Yeah, the fi- only Final Fantasy they have on here is Final Fantasy. Uh, hold on, let me make sure. Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age. What? But they have other games on here, like um. No, no, our- you're you're looking at a sp- specific list. I know what you're looking at. You're looking at the best ones on PC. No? Oh, yep. you're right. Yep. I'm looking at that article right now, Scott. I found it. I caught okay. you, buddy. 
<laughs> my, that's RPGs yeah. on PC. Which I'm out. Three? Yeah, that's, that's up there. That's my bad. Uh-huh. I didn't realize our uh-huh. podcast is going into 10 o'clock plus. John, uh-huh. it's getting John, late. we haven't heard from you in a minute. How How is your uh, Final Fantasy radar? You've never played, have you? Nope, never have. Didn't play that. Didn't play Chrono Trigger. Um, there was a lapse of time in there where but, I fell off but, of video gaming and then didn't pick did back up until... Pong? Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Game Informer <laughs> Magazine has it at number two of all time. What's number one? What's number one. Skyrim. Uh, okay. Skyrim's number one. Number three is Chrono Trigger. Number four is Mass Effect 2. Five, Witcher 3. Six, World of Warcraft. Seven, so, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yes! I don't think MMOs and RPGs should be in the same category. That's not you fair to compare them. Uh, they are an RPG. John. They you, were an MMO. I still hung up RPG. on that. You didn't. You didn't play the first yeah. Final Fantasy that came out with the NES? Like, weren't you in, like, graduate school when the Fuck NES was been, a That would have been right. <laughs> Kiss my Irish ass. <laughs> no, I never, I never did. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of NES exposure. I had some games, but then I fell off, and then I really didn't get back into video gaming for, you know, lack of, you know, money. So I got a PC when I went to my undergrad, starting in, for me, late in 1999. You missed out on the dollar bandwagon, too. Um, it wasn't Final Fantasy. It was Dragon Warrior that Nintendo Power was giving away with subscriptions. Really? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And now yep. that, that cartridge, if you have that cartridge, is worth a ton of money. Um, I still have the original. A poop ton? Yes. I still I have the original Final Fantasy cartridge, which is worth even more, but it's not for sale. Um, I, I say I have a copy of the uh, one N64 game that's the hardest to find, and it's the only N64 game that came out with an adult rating. It was yeah. Conker's Bad Fur Day. That game oh, is yeah. awesome. It is I, hilarious. I played the remake on um, original Xbox. I not, think it was. They, they really toned it down for the Xbox. Like, uh, Did they? Oh yeah, no, 64 full bore. I mean, they just they didn't give a shit. It was they went all out excellent. Oh yeah. They went I mean no no censorship, no blocks. I mean, they just went they were like, "Well, let's just make this completely inappropriate." And wow. They did. On the 64 cuz that was the same era when Nintendo was still censoring out like religious iconography. Yeah. Yeah. No, it no. was. N- Nintendo was like hardcore about that. Game video games that, were for kids. How did that, that slip through? That well, I think that was when they were finally making the transition. Because uh, if I remember right, that was one of the Leisure last Suit games. Larry had been out for a couple years at that yeah, point. Right, had been out for a long time at that point, just not on Nintendo. No, it was that that game was PC only, and of course, oh, yeah. back then I didn't have a PC. Yeah, um, no, but, but I, it, it kind of paved the way for you know, hey, adults play games too. Yeah, I think I remember right. Conquer is one of the last. If not the last, the last, but one of the like last bracket of the games for the '64 before the big transition into hey, adults play console games too. But it is hilarious. Scotty is uh, he needs some time to go play Final Fantasy VI. He's going to consume the next twenty to sixty hours of his life <laughs> in, in my dreams. 
Um, so if you get the mobile version, you can like play it while you're rocking your daughter and like, you know, sitting on the John or, you know, in between phone calls at work. Uh, it really lends itself to that kind of micro grinding. So get the mobile app and uh, you can report back on the next show. It really doesn't take grinding per se it's just oh no not like, not like dragon warrior city. it's it's not like you have to fight the same dude over and over and walk in a circle in an area it's not like that no that's that's it's the never uh, boring. that's the dragon warrior franchise which right. is before square and enix merged um which which back then they were just like hey we need you to go find this thing it's in this direction <laughs> like good luck the, the first dragon warrior is literally a uh like We're not even going to tell you what building it's in. The actual game itself takes all of about 15 minutes. The other 18 hours that you spend in that game <laughs> is just wandering around trying to get gold to buy the next sword or shield or whatever. Also, so that's why I didn't play where those. you need to go. Like, there's well, no kind of like map or directional system in that game. Well, you don't need it. After you've spent 18 hours trying to save up money for the next armor upgrade, you found whatever it was you were looking for. That's true. The guy I mean, was the one of the reviews is saying that like the controls are really tough when you play it on like a phone. It's turn based, Scott. Yeah, I mean, it like that might be true, but it's menu It's, it's not a live action game. Yeah. Okay. No, I know. I, I know. Final Fantasy's turn based. I mean, obvi- I mean, obviously, but all right. I think, I think the Wait, closest thing I ever played to Final Fantasy was Legend of Dragoon on the original. That ah, game was awesome too. That, that was, was another PS One game that was, was really good. PS One yeah. had a whole bunch of uh, solid RPG entries. That was after Final Fantasy Seven, but it was still pretty early in PS One's. Oh yeah, super early. There was a game I remember. Uh, combat system. Couple I remember. I remember uh, Vandal Hearts. If anybody ever played that, that was a good one. Oh, uh, I've been looking for something like that, and everybody says Final Fantasy Tactics. They're wrong. Um, there's never been something that tickled me the same way that game did. <clears throat> okay, um, but Final Fantasy Tactics was awesome. It was. Uh, there was also uh, Legend Vandal of Hearts, Gaia. It was good. It was one of my favorites. Yeah. It was a cool concept because you had like the, the, the martial arts combinations with the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was original. I enjoyed it. Um, there was a. God, I need to go look at my PlayStation stuff. I've still got my PlayStation shoved in a box somewhere with like the greatest collection of RPGs ever. Which also I really hope anybody who tuned into this show wanted to hear the entire second half of it be about Super Nintendo RPGs from the mid nineties. Yeah, you know, I'm putting I put a note I put a line in the in the show notes about like uh, after about one hour if you're not interested in video games turn just, it off. Uh, that is accurate. But you know what else are we gonna talk about? Hearing Groundhog Day. There, there are no lodge things happening. Yeah, I mean, we need to start a D and D group after this pandemic's over. That'll be fun. I so there's a thing. I'm in. Speaking of turning in your nerd cards, I'm gonna make a confession to you, brother. Make it a podcast. I'm gonna gonna make a confession right here, live on the After Lodge podcast. Uh huh. In my entire life, you've never I have played never a game D and D. Not just D and D. I've never once in my life played a a traditional like tabletop role playing game of any kind. Really, ever. you are uh, talking to the wrong nerd. Worst on the show. nerd 
ever. Not once. <laughs> I've, I've wanted, so, no, no, no. Like I've wanted to, but I've always been the closest I've come is uh, is uh, Warhammer was a really big thing at the military academy. And I uh, could see that because you actually learned strategy through Warhammer. I played I played Warhammer, but only with like with some other guys because I didn't have the money at the time to invest in the figures and paint. I was say Warhammer, you got to spend too much time painting shit and well, that, yeah. Like, I, play, I played uh, there's no game the scaled down version of that. And, yeah. You have to go get a job to be able to play that game. <laughs> but as right. far as all the other ones, like I've played video game versions of them, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a Shadow Run particularly is one of my favorites. Oh, never played go. the pen and paper version though. Um, so. So I've never played an actual campaign, but I've made up my own using the books. Yeah, I'm, I'm, see, I'm I, up for such a thing, Scotty, but somebody's gonna have to like school me in like how it all even works. I, 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 all over. I will thoroughly point the finger at White Wolf Publishing out of Georgia. I think it was for wasting or allowing me to expend many years of my life playing their spattering of games, vampire, uh, vampire, werewolf. Wraith, all of those. The Masquerade. Um, yep, absolutely. Well, I could probably still awesome. rattle that rule book off from the top of my so, head. So what made me feel really bad about this, uh, and the reason I feel like it's a confession more than anything, is, Bruce, you might have been there the night when I w- we were chatting with our treasurer, uh, Brother okay. Ray. Yeah? And we were... It was, Jason was there, and we were talking about uh, Magic the Gathering or something like that. And... and if Whatever we were talking about, Ray dropped in and he was like, oh, just like Dungeons and Dragons, because I, I used to play the hell out of that. <laughs> and our treasurer is significantly older than any of us. Um, and not the kind of guy you think of as a nerd. Yeah, at all. No, he's, like, he's, he's the like, he same farmer. He plays in the pool league in town and does very well. Right. And he was talking about how awesome Dungeons and Dragons was. Took us all by shock. And, and all I can think is damn, this guy's played this game and I, I still haven't. <laughs> well, after this pandemic's over, it'd be perfect for a- After Lodge, um, actual After Lodge stuff to do. I, I think it'd be a cool little side podcast thing to do. If, if somebody could teach me how this works and we could get a funny campaign thrown together because just the caricatures and humor that could come out of that would probably be worth it. Yeah, I would say we start with GURPS because the, the way that's laid out is super easy to figure out because you start playing like old D&D, you need a slide rule. I it would be much easier to do in person. I'm just having yeah. to a cabin that has cameras and a table and recording equipment owned by a nerd. So I, uh, also, I have a key to that cabin. <laughs> I've I've been intending to to learn how to do like traditional RPGs for I don't know twenty years now, and just haven't never had the opportunity. All right, well, so you guys could pop my uh, pop my my dungeon master cherry. In the future, after lodge will be Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know we could we could spin up our own uh, like like you could you could play it in right with the role playing element like. Uh, oh yeah, we I mean we could make a whole thing of it. You you could well you could spin <laughs> like all the good. after lodge jokes. I, I told the grandmaster to blow it out of his ass. I yeah. rolled a one. You're expelled. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. My uh, past master badge gives me plus one curmudgeon. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You think you could DM a Masonic campaign? There is oh a my God. Masonic monk. 
That would be nuts. That'd be fun. I'll, uh... No, this this sounds I'll like a little fun. Into that. But get again, it done. Total noob. Like the closest, the only time I've ever used a a dice that has more than six sides on it was when I was playing Magic: The Gathering, and I was only playing that because I was financially invested in a business doing that. Well, just so you know, <laughs> the sucked me into. You did. D and D is not about min maxing. It's about the story and it's about the RPG elements. So, well. what? The men. Uh, you can't say a, stuff like that to Bruce. Do you know who you're talking to? It's not about the men maxing. It's about the story. It's about the RPG elements. It's about what is D and D. All the, all any RPG is all about the creative storytelling. I, mean, I know, but say, he's talking about plus ones and whatnot. I was just like, don't worry about that. He doesn't That's know what he's talking about. That's fair. Yeah. I just use phrases like that to make it sound like I know how these things work, but but I've really never played one. Gotcha. Honest to God, never once. What class would you be, Harlan? I so for think, my video game history, so we can go ahead and start planning this out. My video game history, I tend to lean towards things bard. along the lines of sorcery, wizardry, bards, maybe. Okay, um, so but be I a bard of some sort. Every every video game I play, I end up being the caster type character, the glass cannon type. All right, because so there's always a glass cannon. John, you want a tank or healer? I would say my favorite character I ever played was a. Uh, I feel like John kid. would have to be a healer. Just no, because I played be like my favorite, my favorite character was a chaotic neutral gnome thief. So we can't have a thief and a mage and one other person. Like you have to have a DPS, a tank, and a healer. No, you don't. You just get a you you work around the problems. Yeah, get creative. Yeah, with a traveling band of misfits. I like it. All right. Well, speaking of misfits, why don't you wrap up this show, Harlan? <laughs> yeah, because we've, we've misfit ourselves. So this is the this is I, I don't even it's, I numbered this episode 241, 243. But uh, Bruce, that depends on how how that uh, anniversary edition. I'm like going. halfway done. <laughs> OK, OK. So you're going about the same pace I did last but year. But most of that work's been within the past week, so it could be like about another week. Or it There's be- no way this year was worse than last year. There, it just can't be. Um, define worse. <laughs> I was not nearly as drunk, and I wasn't swearing nearly as much. You're, Those you're things are about, both true. You're talking about relative right. mass, like once you've passed the event horizon. Like there's, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> There, there is no word. Think of that show as a dying star, John. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find the show notes for this or any previously published emphasis on to? published episode of the After Lodge podcast <laughs> at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Whoever the hell Adrian is that signed us up for a whole bunch of crap that we didn't want. Thanks, Adrian, for that. Thanks, Adrian. Um, you can find us on Reddit, on the After Lodge subreddits, and, of course, on IRC at irc.snoonet.org, pound sign, Freemasonry. And uh, I'm sure somebody will leak a screenshot of our Lodge's Zoom conference, and you can just bomb <laughs> us there. So until next week, brothers, or two weeks from now, or whenever the hell we meet again, may the sun shine in your face and the wind be at your back. I mean, the don't road, get the, the COVID. Rise to meet you, but not too quickly. 
Yeah, that's that's good too. Goodbye. Later. Take care. Take care. It's lunch.